Father, we ask that we would not just hear these words, but they would permeate our lives. Speak through my words, speak to each one of us through your holy word and your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name of Jesus, amen. I just wanna say a couple comments first about that are pertinent to the message and to today. We hear a lot about social distancing and isolation. This is a great thing for pandemics. It's a terrible thing for everything else. And so I just encourage you to try and do those small connecting, use the day we live in and media and stuff like that to keep connected, give phone calls, buy groceries for somebody, but try to stay connected. And the second part of that is rely on God. I had a friend years ago who had been stationed in Vietnam and he got captured. He spent over a year in what they called the Hanoi Hilton. And it was a brutal place, terrible place, beaten, socially isolated. The way he got through that, he said, was from all those scriptures he had memorized and from claiming Jesus and praying with him. And when he had no other thing and the only social input he had was negative, God was enough. And so even if we get distance, we rely on God. And the other thing is, what about panic and fear? This is one of my favorite verses that I memorized as a child. And so I'll read it from the ESV because I memorized it in King James. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And so when we see things, if this gets worse, if you think it's overreacting, when things go bad, God is the one that gives peace. And so we are turning to the word and we're turning to the Lord now. And we have a message called a new day and it's looking forward. It's looking forward to a time when God will make things right. Now he already started that when Jesus came and we talked about that last week with the already and the not yet that Jesus came and already took away the penalty for our sins, already made us children of God. But he's gonna come back and he's gonna solve all the other things like sickness that we're talking about today and like so many other things. I remember when I was in my 20s, at that time I had um, four kids and very soon would have five children. I got very sick, the sickest I've ever been. And uh, had bronchitis and pneumonia for two and a half years, almost constantly, had almost every infection you could imagine. The doctors were stumped. Um, I had heart conditions. I was down to 133 pounds. Yes, I'd lost 50 pounds. And I remember that one night I finally prayed, stop praying, God heal me. And I believe God can heal. And I just said, if you want me to be sick, then I'll be sick for you. If you want me to die and leave four kids and a wife, I will die for you. And I woke up the next morning completely healed, but still 133 pounds. I still have issues with God. It could have given me a few more pounds, but completely healed. And I still remember what it was like to wake up and feel normal again without the brain fog, um, to have an appetite again and to be able to go forward, and that was so refreshing. I told God, you gave me my life back. And I think about what they're talking about here for the people, they're not yet into the bad times. God is saying there's gonna be bad times, but these are written so that when they're in the bad times of God's discipline, they could remember them. And they could remember that there is a time beyond God's discipline. There's a time beyond the fallings and foibles and the consequences of sin for this world. There's a time when God will make everything right. 
And so our first point is almost a bit ironic, gathering. In that day, declares the Lord, I will gather the lame. I will assemble the exiles. And we see them gathered to God. And even though we cannot gather together because we're trying to stem the tide of uh, coronavirus, we can gather apart and we can gather to God. And now this is talking about an ultimate day that we look forward to. Even if we were quarantined completely from one another, there will be a time when we're brought back together. And even if we could not gather as a church because our country would start persecuting our faith, we still would look forward to a time of the great gathering when Jesus returns. And he's talking about this. And the time when they would read this and know it and rest upon it was when they were dispersed in the countries around them when they were scattered among the countries that Babylonia had sold them into slavery into, and they would remember the promise that God would gather them back. And they would also be gathered to one another. I want to read a few other verses. This is a common theme in scripture. From Deuteronomy, Moses, long before this time, um, foretold this time that was now starting to happen. When all these blessings and curses I have set before you come on you, and you take them to heart, Wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations, and when you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and with all your soul according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back." And so this was also a prophecy of their discipline and their gathering into the land and the ultimate gathering when Christ returns. Then in Isaiah 54, Isaiah was contemporary, lived really close to Micah, probably knew each other. They have common themes. For a brief moment, I deserted you, God says, but with great compassion, I will gather you. So even when he has to leave us because we refuse to repent of our sins, he still longs to gather us back. And then Jeremiah 32, 37, a little over 100 years later, when the southern kingdom would go into judgment, I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banished them in my furious anger and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. Ezekiel, also later on, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will take the Israelites out of the nations where they have gone, I will gather them from all around and bring them back into their own land. And finally, Zephaniah, um, much later, at that time I will gather you, at that time I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes. And so this gathering to God and then gathering to one another is a common theme in scripture. And so we like to, I like to think that we're gathering now uh, digitally. We're gathering together even as we're awaiting the day when we can be with the loved ones that have passed before us, when we can be with people that we've never met from different countries that are our brothers and sisters from different ages. There'll be that great time of gathering. And of course, we're supposed to gather together. And I was going to make this point about, you know, getting to church, going to your life group and doing all these things. And it's still important, and when we get on the other side of this, nothing replaces. This is wonderful that we can do this, 
but it does not replace getting together and celebrating with one another. By my count, there's at least 37 separate, and I'm not counting the repeated ones, one another commands in the New Testament. 37 at least, you know, to love one another and to care for one another. And these can only happen when we gather together. So we have to be creative now when we can't be with together, but gathering is an important thing. The second part we have is transforming. Um, It's an interesting verse because there's opposites, but they're crossed or chiastic. I will make the lame my remnant, those driven away a strong nation. We would have expected he would make the lame strong and those driven away a remnant that comes back. And the reason they cross those is to show that everything overlaps and that there is more blessing. And it's not just talking about the lame and the sick. And it's not just talking about those who are exiled and forced out of their homes. It's to say that God will restore fortunes. We live in a broken world, and of course, the sickness we see around us may not be a result of any one person's sin, but it's a result of the fallenness that is caused by sin. And we await the time when Jesus returns to take away completely the curse that's upon this life when God gave the world over to our sin and the consequences. And yet it's going to be undone. And in a sense, the lame will be the remnant and they will be strong and those that are exiled will come back and they'll be strong. All of these blessings will come to the one that rests in God. Weak to strong is a powerful thing. And this whole lameness, um, maybe there's an allusion to Jacob or Israel, his other name, who wrestled with God. And remember, he limped after that because he was partially lame from wrestling with God. I don't know what type of thing this was when you wrestle with God, but God touched him there. And maybe it's just to talk about that, what the apostle Paul says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Because when I recognize my weakness, God's power works through me. And people with many problems have done great things for God because they've trusted in him. And so God is one who, again, brings strength out of weakness and rejection to new beginnings. People that are sent away and rejected that God says no to because he disciplines us. He will welcome back when we repent. And we see Israel told about this. And God can take the tattered pieces of a country or even an individual and make it back new. And this is what he was going to do to Israel. They would be torn apart, but he'd bring them back strong with a hope and promise. And this is a huge concept that means we must be connected to God because he is the one that brings us to this place of transformation. He's the one that's going to change us from the way we live into holiness. He is going to be the one that declares us holy through Jesus and just takes away our sin. He is going to be the one that changes our emotions, the emotions and our thoughts. And we must go to him. And the final point we have today, and we're not taking as long when we're going to be here. We know we're here with kids and many of your groups. And so we're trying to keep it shorter and faster paced and still cover the issues is reigning. This is a wonderful one. The Lord will rule over them in Mount Zion from that day and forever. Now, ruling or reigning gets a bad rap nowadays because we only know human rulers. 
And we only know broken ones with failings and problems. And even the best of them tend to stumble and fall. But if we have a perfect person, we want that person to hold the reins. We want them to guide us. I want to follow someone who loves me more than I love myself. I want to follow Jesus who gave his life for me. That's someone I would follow. And so the Lord himself will reign. He's going to replace the, the defective human leaders. And from Zion, from the place of worship where God's presence was, he is going to rule from that day and forever. And there will be a time when God will be the one in charge of everything. And that will bring the purity that we need. That will bring the security that we need. And that will be durable. It will remain. It will not wear out. Sometimes we have someone strong in our life and someone great, and then we lose them. I performed a marriage for a young couple. They had a great marriage. They're growing together. They're married for a year when one of them got cancer and died within two years of their marriage. And she said, how could I lose something so great? It just wasn't durable. But she learned that God's love could sustain her and God's love was durable. And she also learned that her husband knew Jesus and so it would, she, he would come back to her in heaven. And so we realize the durability of the next kingdom. And even though we see the brokenness of this world, we know that God can give us strength today. And that's why we're told about the next one, not so that we can be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good, but we can remember where we're going. And so that we can realize that God gives enough strength for this day, even if it is a hard day. And for someone like Micah, who was a godly man who was going to suffer because of the sins of the people around him, to realize that God would give him the strength to endure the unfairness of suffering for the sins of others. And a lot of people, as you know, a lot of children suffer from the needs, from the sins of their parents. Have you ever yearned just to rest safely? My grandfather on my mother's side um, spent more than three weeks in a foxhole in World War I. Most of uh, the people with him, over 200 died um, because they got out of the foxhole. They did not want to stay in there. And imagine if you could not get out of a foxhole for more than 21 days to do anything. And if you got out, you would probably be picked off by snipers. He was alone, no one else there even to keep him company. They'd sometimes call from foxhole to foxhole, but they would just shoot and do things and try and survive. When he finally got out of that, he just needed a place. He got, war ended pretty soon after that. He went back to one of the air bases and he just sat at a, pl at a bench and watched the planes take off and land as people were going home and he just rested like this. And after he was rested, he got up and walked away. He almost got knocked over by a blast because one of the American planes accidentally dropped a bomb on the place he was sitting. And then he said, wow, nothing in this world is secure. We got away from the Germans and then we almost, I almost got killed. He said, I came, the closest I came to get killed is by our own people. But he learned then to rest only in Jesus. Trust only in God. And I can't tell you the world is secure. I'm not going to tell you that this pandemic is going to be 
simple and we'll get through it easily? Who knows? We are only guessing. That's in God's purview. But I do know that come anything, God is the one who gives us the security that lasts. And if he does not heal us, if he does not deliver us, he will strengthen us through it. And he has many options. I went out to my shed a few years ago, realized I had the wrong key to the lock. I put the wrong key in and didn't do it, and so I jerked the key out, and the lock opened anyway. (laughs) I said, oh, time to get a new lock. That is the way things are in life. But God, it always endures. And he's always going to be around. He's never going to let us down. I may let you down as your pastor. I may let my grandchildren, my children down. I may let my friends down. I will repent then, but God will never let you down. He is always available. Now we come to our application suggestion, and this is always just suggestions. Um, We urge you to listen to the Holy Spirit as he guides you to other ways. And as was mentioned before, um, God knew what was going to happen long before it happened because some of these are very pertinent to the times in which we live, and that's why we didn't have to give a different message today. Number one, consider whether you're letting God gather you closer to him and closer to other believers. And prioritize time to spend with God and believers. Now, again, you might have to be creative now to connect. You might have to remember those people who are most isolated and who you need to connect with. But this is a great thing to do, and maybe we need to go above and beyond on this application this week. Think of your weaknesses and compare it to God's strength. And if God has been prodding you to do something but you've been fearful, proceed ahead relying on his strength instead of your weakness. And finally, meditate on the truth. Spend some time camping out on this just with you and God, with you and someone else and God, that God is making all things right. Maybe you can do it as a family or as a small group. God is making all things right. He already sent Jesus. He already is the firstborn from the dead. He is the very God of very Godwood. He was very much man when he was incarnate and the first man to be resurrected. Meditate on the fact that we have hope that one day all diseases will end and we will stand before him.